Hi, it's Eliana, and today I'm going to discuss interesting things about when I was in the secret space program and some similarities with Jean-Charles Moyen's testimony. Uh, he claims to be a French-Canadian secret space program experiencer. So when I had been on Planetary Corporation's Mars basis, every time I needed to go into the cybernetics lab, there would be a genetic scan. On a portable genetic scanner, it would scan my hand and it would scan my whole genome, my whole DNA profile, to make sure I wasn't a clone, uh, to make sure I wasn't a cyborg, to make sure I didn't have any implants that I wasn't supposed to have other than the four Neuralink ones that had been created by the Nordics in the left side of my brain. So those were planetary corp Neuralink implants. Those were sanctioned in the cybernetics labs for me to have, and they were put in in the cybernetics labs, and as well uh, to make sure that I wasn't a shapeshifter or some kind of NET or that I didn't have genetics, genetics spliced into me that I shouldn't have. So this is what was being scanned for as well as any other anomalies, things that shouldn't be in my body, um, AI or anything, other implants like I was saying. And this was done every time I would enter the cybernetics lab every day that I would go to work um, inside the cybernetics labs and I developed different biological drug serums, biological human cyborgs, I developed regenerative technologies, uh, testing the holographic medical pods, Neuralink implants, holographic technology connected to the holographic medical pods smart suits so that and i was working on a lot of genetic stuff creating human et hybrids with different genetic stranding and genomes and working on biological serums literally that can make your molecular structure change and give you temporary traits and physical appearances of extraterrestrials because you can splice genomes with biological drug serums and temporarily change the body mass molecular structure biology of human beings into ets skin color height weight eye color hair color anything basically can be changed and some of the genetics are more complicated. Like if you're trying to grow a tail or give four legs instead of two, you know, three eyes, that's a little bit more complicated, but it can be done with these genetic modifications that are temporary or they can be permanent. It depends on what the experiments were. So this is what I had been working on and oftentimes I would end up looking like blue ETs with stripes and long white hair. Um, I seem to be okay with those feature combinations 
uh, blue skin, white hair, and sometimes stripes or spots. I was fine with that and big eyes. So that's the kind of ETs I looked like when I was trying out these genetic sequences on myself of various humanoid-looking humanoid-looking extraterrestrials or ETs. So what I found interesting was was that Jean-Charles Moyen, um, he said that when he was about eight or nine years old, something like that, that um, he was at camp and that something happened to him and he was taken to a hospital. And from there, they scanned his mind, they did MRIs, they found something special about him and they took him down to the basement of the hospital they scanned his genetics with a portable scanner and they took him through a portal somewhere else for testing. And then he was returned to the camp and later on found himself in the secret space programs on the Solaris, on a ship called the Solaris, um, where he had met a reptilian insectoid looking guide named Victor so the genetic scanning to see his genetics is similar to what I experienced in Planetary Corp in the cybernetics labs attached to the Mars bases. And I also had a guide by the name of Zagor, who was reptilian insectoid looking. Uh, and he had been genetically engineered. So by Draco and then his civilization was freed from them, so they're now free. And Zagor would guide me in Dark Fleet, and he would help me on the Mars bases as well. And though the Mars bases, they don't welcome reptilians or hybrids that originally were created by Dracos, but, but Zagor had special clearance to help me. And he never did anything bad to me or anybody else, as far as I'm concerned. When he was working with me, he didn't do anything nasty to me or anybody else on the bases. He was given clearance. He came in. He helped me out with genetic projects of, of sequencing different ET genomes. Um, that's what he was working with me on with a holographic technology. So, and he always gave me guidance. He always helped me get around the cybernetics technicians because those scientists didn't really like me. Um, I tended to want to work alone on experiments. I didn't want to always work in groups of people. Um, I wanted to run my experiments a certain way uh, to, to be very meticulous and thorough and recheck testing. So it didn't make me conducive to working in teams of, of cybernetics technicians and scientists. But I seemed to work okay with Zagor and that's why he remained on the base for a while, worked with me on the genetics projects. Um, and I knew him through Dark Fleet, and Planetary Corp knew of him, so I had requested for him 
to work with me because I needed clearance to some sections of the genetics projects that the other cybernetics technicians and scientists weren't letting me go to those levels. So Zagor had higher clearances than them and he was let in to work with me because he was able to clear the roadblocks that I was facing uh, to complete my own work on those Mars bases. So uh, I was left alone to work with him. I knew him from Dark Fleet. I knew him from Planetary Corp. He was my guide. Um, he was there quite a bit, especially on the Mars bases. And when I was test piloting um, with my Neuralink implants remotely, various crafts, or when I was physically on crafts, he would always be there as well. So it's similar to Victor, uh, the guide that Jean-Charles Moyen had, except Victor is a member of the Galactic Federation of Worlds, uh, according to Jean-Charles Moyen. Zagor has green skin, black eyes, kind of ridges on his forehead. Uh, he is 14 to 16 feet tall. Um, again, he has reptilian insectoid features, so it's obvious that he's a hybrid with the green skin, and he does wear a smart suit, so which protects him in outer space and stuff. And this smart suit has nanotechnology in it, similar to the smart suits worn by the Planetary Corp SSP assets. And Zagor has features that might look similar to Jean-Charles Moyen's guide, Victor. Victor also has green skin and these dark, big eyes. So the features look similar. They might not be the same species, but both have sort of like reptilian insectoid features that are distinct. And you can tell by the features what species these beings might be from these guides by their uh, physical descriptions. By the, by the way they communicate telepathically or verbally, by the language, by the intonations. So there's a difference, but Jean-Charles Jean -Charles Moyen also says he was part of, and, you know, part of Solar Warden stuff. Everything is interconnected. So it, it's interesting. I was connected to Dark Fleet and Solar Warden has been working towards trying to get unification with these different programs. And so is Galactic Federation of Worlds to bring all these SSP programs to work together towards a more beneficial outcome and not their dark agendas. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully <laughs> these programs become more unity consciousness instead of being dark and self-serving, but that's what they are and that's why they're secret. And recently 
what was interesting is on May, May the 6th, 2022, there was what looks like a fleet of UFO crafts, 20 to 30 crafts, passing by the ISS live feed camera footage passing by Earth orbit. And they were in an arrow formation. And they're not Starlink satellites because those travel in a line. And these guys were traveling in a group formation that looked like an arrow. And they looked like they were round, saucer-shaped UFOs. And they passed by the ISS live orbital feed, feed of, of Earth surveillance studying the Earth. And they were recorded on camera and the feed was not cut. They just let it, they recorded it and they flew by in a tight formation. And this is, I think this is significant because I was just writing in my book, Eliana's Star Journeys with the UFOs, ETs, SSPs, and past lifetimes volume one uh, and two, I was writing about Space Force and Space Command having the TR-3s and the TR-10 crafts that they're experimenting on that eventually they'll disclose that these crafts are theirs and as well that um, Earth Defense Force and the Space Alliance they are going to eventually disclose that these space programs, secret space programs exist and Planetary Corp supplies a lot of the different newly updated ships to Solar Warden, to um, also to Space Force. So eventually the information about the TR-3s and even the higher models will be disclosed, I think, by influence of Earth Defense Force, giving permission to Space Force and Space Command to disclose that the, they have these anti-gravitics technologies and even plasma uh, engine technologies that the TR-3s and up that um, this technology is new. It's going to be presented as new, even though that's not new. That's been around for almost a hundred years, maybe more. So, you know, it, it's very interesting what's happening. Uh, that the ISS was even allowed to record 30, 20 to 30 UFO ships in this fleet formation just passing by it's 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 preparing us for disclosure literally so it has been mentioned that uh the earth orbiter nasa earth study cam footage of those 20 to 30 ufos that were spotted flying what looks like above Earth orbit could actually be a reflection 
of lights coming from boats that are fishing for squid uh, because that orbiter cam off the ISS, it sometimes picks up Earth stuff, not just space stuff, as reflections. So it could be actually camera refractory refraction lighting, refractory mm, images from Earth things like boats with their lights turned on, um, especially at night. Sometimes they're fishing for squid. So this is a possible hypothesis of what potentially that moving fleet was that was in the shape of the arrow formation, or it could actually be UFOs. It's just that things like this have been spotted off and on since 2020. And um, one guy who studies camera angles and stuff said that he noticed the patterns of the lights were actually similar in space and on Earth to those boats. He actually confirmed the dates and matched the date stamps on uh, fishing boats that were fishing at night with their lights on for squid. And the patterns in space what the Earth cam orbiter of the ISS caught was the reflection and the result of those lights. So again, um, there's a lot of things going on in space. And a couple of years ago, there was this bird of prey ship. It was an actual ship that was caught on one of the orbiter um, video. And that wasn't a reflection of anything. It was a triangular craft that was like most likely a reptilian ship. The formation looks to me like a reptilian ship and it's been dubbed the bird of prey. So, and it actually almost, it passed one of the uh, ISS crafts. It passed it and went above it and flew above it. It was recorded on camera and it's in the NASA archives. So that was an actual craft. Um, so crafts have been seen and recorded by ISS cameras passing by. So again, it's, it's, it's almost always important to do due diligence and discernment to what's flying out there. And sometimes it is mistaken for UFOs. So potentially that fleet of UFOs is actually reflection of lights coming off of boats, fishing for squid at night. Because again, Earth ISS camps study Earth stuff and space stuff. So sometimes there's kind of almost cross-matching of things being captured on video. So I just wanted to put this in as a disclaimer of what that fleet of UFOs potentially could be. It could be something else. And Planetary Corp had a timeline on their holographic databases that we would get disclosure about the TR-10s, 3B to TR-10s, from anywhere from 2040 starting from 2040 
into 2060s, as well as learning about the secret space programs by 2060. So there was a timeline rollout plan for these disclosures. So it's interesting, and by 2030s, we would get to hear that there's potentially humanoid life forms out there in space. 2030s, 2040s, that was on the timeline. And also potentially introducing humanoid-looking ETs to us humans on Earth. That was also on the timeline and various regener regenerative medicine projects with biological drug serums by 2030s. So the fact that we're potentially seeing Galactic Federation of Worlds craft on ISS feed is interesting. I'm not discounting that these crafts could have been somebody else's, but Space Alliance along with Earth Defense Force have, con have agreements to allow extraterrestrial craft to be recorded by Earth-based surveillance systems from the ISS and any future surveillance that's going to be up and above Earth orbit. So permissions are there. So there's going to be more of that being seen, more sightings of UFOs, TR-3s and higher models, all the, all the way to TR-10s. Um, and I actually said in the books that I agree with Michael Sala that these crafts will be eventually disclosed to the public by Space Force, Space Command, and any other entities that um, are military-based. Eventually, they have to disclose this type of technology. They can't keep it secret forever. And it's not even, the TR-3s are not even the newest technology. Planetary Corp has ships that go faster than the speed of light, beyond the speed of light. And they're trying to incorporate crystalline engines, crystalline technologies into their ships, experimental spaceflight ships. So they're going away from plasma engines. They're going more toward crystalline. That's why I was literally recruited in Planetary Corp because they wanted my memories of the crystalline technologies working on the art ships. And any everything is energy-based. Everything has frequencies, different crystal properties create different attuning frequencies. And that's what helps to go beyond um, faster than the speed of light. You apply different frequencies, different light codes, and it creates stable stable warp fields that don't require large engines on crafts so this this engines are not huge and they're not plasma cores anymore so this is what they've been working on um, from my memories that i remember so I just wanted to sort of talk about that and the fact that we're getting more UFO sightings that will happen more often now because permissions have been given to disclose to us 
that extraterrestrial life exists out there, that it does exist out there and it's going to start by us seeing more crafts. Um, in the night sky, above Earth orbit, recorded on the ISS and other surveillance systems. And who knows? It's, it's a lot of these events have been pre-planned already and pre-approved to happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of what I talk about in the books, the dates, it actually could happen that way or similar. So far, the pattern has been almost everything has happened just as I've written about it for the dates. It's, it's interesting. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. And I like to compare if there's testimony from other SSP experiencers like Jean-Charles Moyen that's similar to mine and even the beings are similar. Although I don't think Victor is from the Secret Space Program, I don't, he, he's from the Galactic Federation of Worlds, but he did help Jean-Charles Moyen navigate being in the Secret Space Program. Um, so he was his guide, just like Zagor was my guide, and he helped me navigate um, Planetary Corp, basically. The genetic stuff in Planetary Corp did help me with that. And I still communicate to Zagor, to Zagor sometimes. I still communicate with him. Um, once in a while, we telepathically talk. He still refuses to learn English. Um, he says it would dishonor his people. He still talks in a language that is very guttural and sounds like clean on. Um, but I don't channel him anymore actively. He does speak to me telepathically. Uh, it's much easier to hold the connection, the energy flow this way through telepathy. So we can com communicate that way. And I communicate with a lot of other beings like the Andromedans, Pleiadians, Arcturians, and other beings. Um, telepathically. That's my main form of communication with extraterrestrials that are benevolent and positive. So my ET contact experiences do continue. It's more of a telepathic experience now. Not as often physical. Sometimes it is, but it's more telepathic. And I'm in more communication with my higher selves Jenea and Miara. And interestingly enough, Miara is an Irish name. The origin of the name is Irish. So, and Jenea is apparently grace of God, the translation. Miara is water and Jenea is grace of God. Because I just looked up their names, the meaning of their names. So it's interesting. Everything is energetically connected, even the names, names of beings and their frequencies. So I just wanted to share that and thank you so much and namaste.